Well, hello, everybody. I'm Clay Reese, and it's showtime here again at Birch County on this beautiful global warming Saturday morning, right here on the Air Radio 1180 WFYL here in Southeast Pennsylvania, the Delaware Valley. Folks, if you're tuning in to us, you have been for the last five years. You've been tuning in because you know that we're the source of authentic truth. That's why you tune in, because it comes at you, this perspective, at the speed of sound very quickly. But now, folks, you, you, whether you live in King of Prussia, whether you live in Abington or Perky Omen, or whether you live in, in Gilbertsville, it really doesn't matter, folks. You're tuning in to us because you know that we're the oasis, that we're the oasis of truth here in southeast Pennsylvania, Delaware Valley. So thanks for being with us. We're going to jump right into it. Now, there's some axioms, okay? Now, there's an axiom that we can all appreciate. Now, folks, an axiom, and by the way, we have on our show today, and uh, let me introduce our guest. I meant to introduce our guest here. Uh, we have we have, Catherine, we have Catherine Cope with us today. She's back with us today. She's a small businesswoman, mother of seven. Welcome back to the show, Catherine. Thanks, Clay. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's great having you. Now, I want to get into the uh, the axiom that we need to know and what we got in society. An axiom um, is defined, uh, a society is defined by what it will not tolerate. And so, again, when God gave us and wanted us to know what his will was, he gave us the Ten Commandments. They weren't suggestions. They were like, do this. You either, you know, these are what you will do or you will break yourself on these rules because you don't break the rules. You don't break the laws. You break yourself on them. But what's interesting is CNN just did a, uh, then CNN thought they could, uh, well, they thought they could make a victim out of CNN and a fool out of Donald Trump. What they don't realize is that Trump is the master at manipulating the fake news because, I mean, it's really amazing watching him. So Trump the, Trump does this infomercial and on on uh, CNN, and the backlash erupted against CNN for hosting him. Uh, CNN faced the backlash from opponents of former President Donald Trump for hosting him on a town hall earlier this week and charging that they that they basically gave him the stage. Uh, basically, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez made the comment that CNN should not be should be ashamed of themselves. She's lamenting they've lost because they have lost control of this town hall to be manipulated into platforming election disinformation. So. Uh, basically defending January 6th, public attack on sexual abuse victims. The audience is cheering him and laughing at the host and blah, blah, blah. I got to tell you something. I saw some of this. I thought it was interesting. Um, I think if there was, if, if you had to look at the impossible and say, is the impossible possible? For instance, you know, can men have babies? And the answer to that is no. No. Can they make, if you were to say, can you make a victim out of Donald Trump? Our knee-jerk reaction would be no way. Catherine, they were successful in that gathering. What do you have to say on that? I, 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 they were successful in it. They were successful in accomplishing exactly what they chose not to accomplish. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean the, reality is, the reality is not going on how CNN must have thought or helped, hoped it would go. They thought this would go in a certain way, and it just didn't. I mean, Trump steamrolled them. He did. He did. He, he, he laid him flat. She started bringing up uh, the January 6th stuff and why he didn't say anything. He pulled out of his pocket a sheet of paper with every comment he tweeted, the date and the time. So, 
and prove to her that he did, in fact. Yeah, he was. He was ready for it. So, so I mean, here they are. They're trying to make a victim out of him. And what I loved, what they, they tried to make him out, they tried to they hit him on this. I don't know what they got this, this harassment lawsuit that he's dealing with right now. What's that woman's name? I can't think of her name. Oh, but gosh, I can't think of her name either, but she's crazy. Now, Do you know what she named her cat? Yes, I know. Well, we don't need to say that on our show because this is a family That's show. That's horrible. She named her cat something, folks, we would not name or we would not call out on this show. <clears throat> but no. Carol is the person, okay? And I thought what was really amazing is that E. Jean Carroll, with the way Trump handled it, when he said, I don't know this woman. I've never, I can't remember who she is. I don't know who she is. I've never had a conversation with her. I would say that was pretty definite that he doesn't know her. What do you think Trump meant when he said he doesn't know her? <laughs> I I think he meant he didn't know her. <laughs> so, Caitlin Collins is like, so she, was, she brought it up like she was going to steamroll Trump. And I think Trump just said, "All right, was it, you're you're going to try to steamroll me here? Let me let me explain this to you. You know, it, it's just an amazing phenomenon. Trump Trump is is a master at communication. He knows how to say things and how to present things. But CNN didn't start with Eugene Carroll. They instead allowed Trump to talk about the 2020 election. So with all that's going on in the world, CNN talked about the 2020 election. Then they talked about Eugene Carroll." And and uh, and the documents, all this stuff they talked about had nothing to do with what's on the minds of the voters. Yeah. What do you think about that? I no, nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. And why would they think? Why would they even have the audacity to think that they were going to be able to flip the script on him? He's been said in multiple interviews that he thrives off of that. That's when the best of him comes out. <laughs> I, I don't understand their logic here. I just no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, trying to uh, be empathetic toward them or anything. I just don't understand their logic. Why would they think that would happen? Yeah, when you look at when you look at reprobates and derangements, uh, that that they people that have a level of insanity that can believe men can have babies, those people don't generally connect well with logic. Anyway, wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. So you're asking the question. I think it was more a rhetorical question. I'm going to let our yes. audience know that that was a rhetorical question. That, that Catherine knew why. Okay, <laughs> people don't connect with logic very well. It's because they don't live in the land of logic, do they? No, no, they land and they live in the land of delusion and fakeness. Yes, it's it's an amazing phenomenon. I think we can all agree. Which really, uh, I mean, again. They don't believe that Americans are, well, are unhappy with high gas prices. They don't believe that. They don't believe that Americans want less crime. They don't believe that. They don't believe that um, Americans want an education system that actually educates our children. They don't believe that. They don't, they don't believe that Americans want the middle class to be strengthened. They don't believe that either. They believe that Where? Americans want more government. That Americans want higher crime in our neighborhoods. I mean, what, what do you what do you, what do you see in this? I mean, this the the delusion goes much farther than than them not getting the the the, the gist of what well, the audience. It's it's a flat out ignorance. I mean, if you unless you completely ignore history and the whole reason why our country was founded then 
I, I don't understand what you're trying to do. We're American. We're not going to allow you to interfere in our world for too long. It's at all. <laughs> without well, they, taking you out. Well, what's funny is some of the leftists that were just unbelievable, the, the leftists that were, I mean, they, they went apoplectic on all of this. Uh, uh, there was one of them, one comment that said, horrible interrogation of Donald Trump. They called the interview an interrogation. Irrigation. I thought that was interesting. I mean, the journalism broken. They won't allow Trump to even talk. I, I just think that it's funny. Uh, they they wanted this to be a third degree. And, and I think that what's interesting is they kept interrupting him. She was asking him to, as, to answer the question on the documents. And Trump looked at I'll answer. Would you let me answer? Because yes, I would. And as he said, okay, I'll answer it. She goes, and then she has to get the last word in by saying, that's why I asked. I saw that. And yeah. He looked, at her said, he looked at her and said, you're just a real horrible person. I mean, why don't you just like sit there and let me answer the question? Or the other one that came up, I mean, he, he was answering the question about the war in the Ukraine. I thought that was interesting. So he gets to the war in the Ukraine. Now, on this show, our listeners know because they've heard me say, uh, you know, I believe that we need to end this war, okay? I, I believe we need to end the killing. We, we, I mean, we don't need to be on the brink of a World War III with Russia. Why are we poking the Russian bear here? I don't understand why, why we're fighting this war anyway. And it has nothing to do with the Ukrainians and their sovereignty. It has to do with the fact that we need to end the war, end the conflict, provide the leadership, okay? And uh, and and like what Trump said, he could end this war in 24 hours. See, with the way yeah. the, and what Trump's trying to say, and he can't come out and say it. But where the U.S. goes on this is where this war will go. The fact is, oh, Biden is supporting the military-industrial complex. He wants the war so that the certain industries make money and stocks increase. This is all about profiteering. And I think there's an evil bend here. I do think that there's some globalists behind this trying to push us on the brink of a natural, a national, I should say a global disaster so that they can do a global reset. They can do an actual global reset. What do you think about that, Catherine? Only George Soros is behind it. Only well, George Soros is behind a lot of stuff. Well, I think there's something to be said of that, but there's other people behind it, not just him. Oh, but, well, yeah, no. But what do you, I mean, what do you think about the military industrial complex and O'Biden? I mean, what Trump will probably, if Trump was to end this war, he, he would basically say, look, you guys need to settle this in 24 hours or I'm coming in to settle it. Right. That's what wouldn't have even happened if he was in presidency. That's right. It would never have happened. You know, I've been, if uh, our POTUS was there, it wouldn't happen. That's right. I've been telling people over and over about the, the sincerity. I believe without any question that leadership at the global level would have prevented this war. Now, think about how we got into it. Oh, Biden was caught saying, again, when he said this, it was it was, it was was national foreign policy for as long as he said it till it was corrected. But remember, he said a slight incursion would be okay? Yeah. Okay. So he comes out, he says, remember, a slight incursion would be okay. Then, uh, shortly thereafter, um, Communista Harris is over there in Munich, and she made the comment how wonderful it would be to have the Ukraine in uh, NATO. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay, then after that, the Russian invasion. So they were slapping the bear. Wouldn't you say they were provoking the bear to invade? 
Now, yeah, Putin did the deed. I mean, he actually did the, the deed, and a lot of killing is taking place because of these people and this deed. But global leadership would have prevented the provocation in the first place, don't you think? If Trump were in office, yes, but as you just broke it down there, it seems to me like people wanted it to happen. I am, I, and I so, think people want it to continue. Yeah, they do. Think, think it's a moneymaker for them. Yep. And think about this, too. Think about this. You've got any fifth grader. I mean, you know, you remember the show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Remember that show? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you and I and our listeners are all smarter than a fifth grader, but we can all agree that the dementia patient in chief is not. He's struggling mentally. He's struggling cognitively. He doesn't make those connections anymore. He has to read his uh, press briefings on a script card. He has to read them. He actually has to write them down and read them because he can't, even though, again, he can't put it together in his mind. So here he is, uh, you know, he's trying to figure out how to put this, how to prevent Russia. So now let me just ask you a couple of questions so our listeners can, can, you know, and you and I will have a kind of a conversation on this. So so our listeners can understand what we're talking about. So if we, if we were, you and I were president and vice president, and then mm-hmm. uh, we had, and we looked over to Ukraine and we said, okay, we want to prevent Russia from going into Ukraine. What's the first thing that you want to do with, with Ukrainians' defense? What do you want to do? You want to give them more defense or less defense? I want to help them defend smarter. Okay. So you want to increase your defense and you want to give them the counsel they need to help, you know, obviously use the defense mechanisms we provide, but you want to strengthen their defenses, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, any fifth grader knows that. So, you know, I mean, that's what Trump did for four years. He gave them the javelin missiles and everything else, the anti-tank <laughs> systems and all that. So then, and then in comes O Biden, our dementia in chief, and he comes in and he starts basically not supporting some of those policies. In other words, he, he wasn't giving the message of stronger defense to the Ukraine. Now, is it because he didn't think that was a way to go to prevent Russia? In other words, to give Russia the feeling that a strong defense would, well, it would cost them way too much to invade. So instead of giving them a strong defense, there was another way for O'Biden to think, I guess what O'Biden was thinking, okay, we don't have to give him a defense on this. We can turn around and say, and we don't need a defense on it. We can simply say, uh, why don't we bring, I don't know what O'Biden was thinking, because quite frankly, a strong defense was the way to prevent it. So he does, he chooses to not give them a strong defense. So the only logical answer that you and I can come up with is that he was trying to provoke Russia, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, of course, he follows that up by saying the statements I said earlier. So now he he stops flooding all these anti-tank systems and other anti-aircraft systems into the Ukraine. He doesn't give them that logistical support anymore. And then he throws out the mixed signals to Putin, doesn't he? So it seems like to me there was an intentionality behind his motive and... He was intentionally looking to do something. Doesn't it seem that way? Yeah. My question to you is why? Well, that's that's a very good question we can ask. That's our questioners. That's our question to our listeners. Because quite frankly, I think all of us can answer that, I think, with different conclusions. But I think the general conclusion we can all come up with, it's just about money and profit. And then, of course, and there might be other 
motives behind it. I don't know if if some of the uh, the Biden Crime Foundation actually ran the problems in the Ukraine with the you know the Burisma and some other stuff that Biden was involved in. It's hard to say if any of that came together, but I guess you know when you look at oh Biden and you look at the laptop and you look at the motives, what drives us? And you you know obviously the there's things that can compromise our the uh, compromise national security. Like, for instance, a laptop from hell. That, that could compromise national security, couldn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of where we're at on all this. But I was amazed at that. And, and I just thought to myself when she said, who do you want to win the battle? That's the part that I was taken by. Her question of who do you want to win the war? And what kind of a question is that? And Trump looked at her and said, why don't we just like stop all the killing? Yeah. I don't, I, I, I mean, that's, that's what you ask somebody when you are talking about the Super Bowl. That's not something you ask somebody when you're talking about something so serious. What you want to happen is the fighting to be over with the least amount of bloodshed possible. That's what you want. That's what you should want. You know, it, it's really an amazing thing to me that that her question was simply, who do you want to win? And I, I can tell you, I, I, I'm not, Americans aren't interested. They just don't want American kids to be killed. And obviously, they don't want anybody to be killed, but obviously, American kids, because we have a sense of nationalism, a nationalism in this country. And then we got to mm-hmm. ask ourselves, okay, I remember a comment that I remember reading somewhere that FDR had back in the 30s when Hitler went into Germany, we did not declare war on Germany. We didn't do it. No, we didn't. We didn't do it. And uh, Germany went in through Poland on a long weekend, if you remember. <laughs> they took Poland, they took France, and the Netherlands. I think they actually took two weeks in Poland. Then they went to Belgium on the long weekend. They put some paratroopers in there and went through those other small countries. They had France within inside of a month. Bottom line is they had all those, they had that whole country, the whole, whole continent wrapped up practically in less than three months. Yeah. And remember they were asking Roosevelt at the time, declare war. He said, no, this is a European problem. This isn't our problem. We don't need to send our kids to Europe again. And then all of a sudden in 1941, we had Pearl Harbor, didn't we? Yep. And our Navy was all in the same place over there at Pearl Harbor. Remember we had that, we had a large part of our fleet in one place. Not everyone, yeah. not all of them, but like a large part of our fleet was there. <laughs> and <clears throat> why did we do that? Why was that just really smart strategizing on a part of our generals, or was there something more to it? Did they want to get themselves into the war? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not trying to rewrite history. I'm simply trying to ask the questions on the show as we can, because it, I think profiting from wars has been around for a long time. Has it been? Whether it's the whether it's the the loot that they take from the conquered people, you know, the booty that they get from the conquered people, the money and the jewelry or whatever it is they get, the riches they collect, right? or whatever it is. But there's profiteering in it, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, that's how we got out of uh, the Great Depression. That's right. That's right. The war took see? us out. Yep, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, because I see I, I, I did pay attention in history. <laughs> yes, you did. But Jake, I think uh, 
you know, I I just thought Jake Tapper on CNN summed it up best when he said, uh, why did CNN give him a platform to do all that? <laughs> why did they? I mean, really? Again, it brings me back to my question. Seriously, why did they think that was going to go any other way? I, I, I really thought that they, see, they think that Republicans don't like Trump. And so they allowed a Republican audience and Trump knows that Republicans absolutely cannot stand what's happening in Washington right now. Right. They know that. I mean, they're, they're not oblivious to it. So Republicans are like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. So they put a Republican audience out there. And it looked to me like two thirds of the audience is very pro-Trump and the other ones seem to be like sitting on their hands. Did you get that too? Yeah, I did. So it wasn't exactly a completely pro-Trump audience, but they were, they don't like what they saw with CNN. And, and, you know, they don't like watching these, watching these commentators become the story, do they? No, I just, every time I say that question out loud, it makes me wonder more and more about whether there was something actually going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about. Because literally, why would you be that stupid? You wouldn't be that stupid, would you? That's <laughs> uh, amazing. I, I think what's it again, <clears throat> you know, we have to understand that when you see people that can't make sensibility and people that wouldn't elect John Fetterman in Pennsylvania are not yeah. very, very smart with public policy, are they? No, but we've seen it time and time again. Every time they come after Trump, all that happens is his followers gain. His following gains even more. That's the Republicans right. gain new members. So again, after how many years of seeing this happen, I have to ask the question, why would they think it would go any other way? Well, I'm going to tell you, I want to shift gears on something else here, folks. <clears throat> so California just passed, I want to say a law, but um, Gavin Gavin Newsom, uh, the slick haired guy, he looks like a huge car salesman. I think not that there's any. I have any problem with used car salesman, but I mean Gavin Newsom looked like he looks like somebody you wouldn't buy a used car from. How about that? Okay, he looks like somebody you would not buy a used car from. Uh, you know he uh, that's what Gavin Newsom looks like, and he's he come out with a new rule now. He actually has a hotline that people can call when their feelings are hurt. Did you see that? No. Yeah, he actually. No, has I a, did. A national hotline that you can call to report mean people, to report people that are being mean. And he, he says, or, or hate speech or hate mongers. He calls them that way. But basically, it's to, for people to rat out people on a, anonymously on a line. And he says law enforcement will not be involved in it. <clears throat> now, why do you think Gavin Newsom would put a line like that out? Let's, let's you and I put our hat on. So why would this guy, who neither one of us would buy a used car from, okay, why would he, I mean, like, what does he know about that used car that he's not telling us that we're going to find out three months later after we've given him all our money for the car, that type of thing? So that's kind of like where I'm at with all this. So why would Gavin Newsom be interested in a hotline, a toll-free hotline for Californians to call to rat out their neighbor for speaking mean to them or yelling at them or whatever or accuse them falsely of things like, I mean, anonymously even i mean what what value does gavin newsom have in that what do you think these totalitarian dictators have in mind with this information catherine what do you think 
Um, some couple of things come to mind with me, like uh, McCarthyism mm-hmm. comes to mind. Um, the next thing that comes to mind is I know that he is not liked very much out in California. I know this because I know several people that live there. And I know he's trying to pretend, use the word pretend there, to be a nice guy. But for those of us that are not stupid or snowed, um, we all know that that's just him trying to McCarthyism slash Salem witch trial. Right, right. I I agree with you. I think they're going to put this information together to go after people. I do. Absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, look, the same people that had the giant set up on January 6th, and I want our listeners to understand this. First off, Catherine and I both disagree vehemently with anybody who wants to incite violence and and, and, and bust up public property. And I mean, obviously, we're, we're in total agreement that this was a horrible thing when people did that sort of thing. But exactly. But we also can agree that the most secure building or one of the most secure buildings on planet Earth on January 6th, that was suddenly not very secure on, I should say, on January 5th, that was not very secure or suddenly not very secure on January 6th, where they actually had about 300 unarmed protesters break through the barriers and bust the doors. I remember the first question I was at when somebody presented that to me, the very first thing out of my mind, Catherine, was where was the security? You know, think about that. Who, and who was in charge of security, Catherine? Who was in charge? Um, I I could be mistaken, but was it the D.C. police or was it the military? Well, you're you're right on there. Are they are they they're, they're, they're like the authorities that the Speaker of the House. She was the one in charge of the security of the Capitol building. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Now remember who who was the communist that we had that was the speaker of the house, that reprobate that can't that that doesn't think straight. Who was she? You remember who she was? <laughs> yes, terrible human being. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> I'd rather not speak such names. Well, Nancy Pelosi. Remember Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. So Nancy Pelosi was the speaker of the house, and she, for some reason took the security apparatus away. They put the barriers up, but there was no security there. How did these unarmed civilians over- overpower armed police? Oh, there weren't any police, were there? I mean, to speak of, there was no heightened security. When you know you're going to have about a million protesters coming to Washington to to, to protest, if you will, I mean, they're, and they're natural, they're not, you know, they're, their their constitutional right to a peaceful protest. You know they're coming, and then you know that there'll be some antagonizers, antagonizers and agitators that are there. I mean, the the, the CIA in, in years past do they ever use agitators, professional provocateurs to agitate crowds in within the protests in other countries? You think they've ever done stuff like that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they wouldn't do something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 within the power and authority and know how of right. our government to, to instill agitators within a political element to basically incite violence. And they, there are people that know how to do that. There's a skill to this. Now, look, I'm not a tinfoil hat person that sees 
conspiracies around. And I don't see them in my soup, okay? But I can tell you the very first thing, I had a congressional staffer call me when all this happened. I'll never forget it. A congressional, a staffer of one of our Congress people here in Pennsylvania made me made a phone call to me. Somebody I know. And this person gets me on the phone, and right after the event, because I, of course, I, 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 I was there, and I, I, I worked that day, and you know, January sixth, like every other work day, I work. So I get a phone call on the seventh, and I was told, "Did you hear what happened?" And I said, "Well, what, what do you mean?" Well, the riot that was that took place at the Capitol building. I said, "Riot? What are you talking about?" They said that protesters stormed the Capitol building. And as soon as this person said it, the very next thing out of my mouth was, how did that happen with all the damn security we got over there? How did that happen? How does it happen there, but not at Walmart on Black Friday? Well, I guess, but my, my point is, it's not hard to prevent three or 400 or 500 unarmed civilians from crashing through a door, is it? Again, we're, we're both smarter than a fifth grader. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and that's why I said if the people at Walmart can do it on Black Friday, why couldn't, why can't they do it? They could have. They just chose not to. That's and, why. And again, now, all right, here we go. Now, Catherine, 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 Catherine Cog is now in charge of security at the Capitol building. You know, there's going to be about, you know, there's going to be some unarmed civilians. I mean, you know, the likelihood they're not armed, but, you know, you're, you're mostly unarmed. All, oh, well, they were all unarmed, but, you know, there's going to be like hundreds and hundreds over there that might want to, well, crash the doors, okay? So what what do you think you need to do with security to prevent that from happening? Well, I'm sure that I would, A, up security, B, make sure it's seen, C, post signs all over the city so that everyone knows the areas that are, you know, they can protest in. And I would also make sure that I would have some extra more uh what's the word for it like uh not hostage hostage inter uh negotiators but uh like crowd people that could help simmer things down i don't know the exact name right well, they're, they're, what, 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 why don't we just call them people that the cooler so we call them people that know okay. talk well through a megaphone that quiet people down but i guess to put it simply you would have more security there right yes and you would have the security that was there uh, capable, you'd have people in charge that understood how to get crowd control. Would you say that? Absolutely. That's the wording I was looking for: crowd control. And and, and that's fine. So and, and and but the bottom line is, we both would do that. All of us would do that. So why didn't Nancy Pelosi do that? She wasn't trying to protect. She wasn't concerned about protecting anybody. She was more concerned about setting people up. Well, that's well. Let's let's get let's pause for a second because I'm, I'm kind of with you. But let's bring our audience through this. So Nancy Pelosi's in charge of security in, at, the, at the Capitol building. She's in charge of it. She knows there's going to be hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people standing outside the Capitol building protesting what they believe was an unfair election or an election that had some, why don't we just call it, uh, that had some ballots counted that shouldn't have been, okay? Some of these mail-in ballot issues, okay? I mean, we could also mm-hmm. say there were other issues with the tabulation machines, everything else, but let's just simplify it. Election that had mail-in balloting, mail-in balloting, and mail-in voting and ballots that weren't where there was no chain of custody confirmed, signatures confirmed, things like that. In other words, you're going to count ballots you shouldn't be counting. So when you got right. protests that know that happened and they're there, she knows there's going to be a heightened uh, level of energy and, and emotion there. She knew that. 
So again, you'd have crowd control there. You'd have people that knew how to manage it. But you would, but if you were trying to create a situation to where these people were going to come into the White House or come into the Capitol building, then you would lower security, maybe give people the day off, right? Yep. Okay. And then you would say to the security people that were inside the building to give guided tours to these people and kind of walk around with them like they did. We saw that in our video, didn't we? In other words, just take mm-hmm. them Okay. Let them in. Okay. And then, uh, but you would see that, and then you would you would also see though because they would have to get the before you even got to that you'd have to get people so so emotionally charged up you'd have to do that and in order to do that you'd have to put people out there whose sole duty it was to provoke the protesters into higher um un un you know unbettered emotion if you will emo- emotion out of control okay right. So she would put people out there to do it. Do you think Nancy Pelosi and the government could figure out how to agitate a few hundred people or a few thousand people? Do you think they could figure out how to do that? I think she does that every time she shows her face on TV, so yes. Yeah, but but if they were looking to agitate a crowd, I mean, I think you and I even know what to do to do that. You simply plant, yeah. people, you plant people in there, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So all of this is what Republicans... But I think many Americans believe happened. We all know this is what happened. The evidence is, and again, I'm just going to put the facts out there. You can look at anything, again, what happened with the broken windows and the, the vandalism and the obviously the people that got hurt, people that actually got hurt, horrible things. And, and obviously some of these people, some of these people deserve to be in jail for what happened. No question about it. But getting back to how it, it happened and the buildup to what happened and could it have been prevented? All of this is something that we all can answer. Could it have been prevented by Nancy Pelosi? Yes, it could have been. Should it have been prevented from Nancy Pelosi? Yes, it should have been. What would Nancy Pelosi do to prevent it? She would heighten security around the building. She would make it so that they had, as you stated, crowd control efforts and crowd control aspects to the the apparatus that she deployed around the Capitol building to make sure she had that in place. That was none of that was done. She failed miserably. So then when you go further than that, you say, okay, not only did she further to do this, she failed to do that, but how can you be sure that people are actually going to crash the doors? Well, we have to get them emotionally charged. We have to gaslight them. So how are we going to do that? Well, we've done this before, folks, in other countries. Okay. They can provoke people in protests. They do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So they put plants within the crowd. And again, these are facts, folks. This is all evidence-based proof. We know this happened, okay? This is why when Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats did her, 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 her committee meetings, she did not allow Republicans to pick the people that would be on the committee itself. She picked, she picked Republicans that would be there, and she made sure she picked Republicans that were never Trumpers. Rhinos, if you will. Right. Establishment. So... She had the giant set up on the committee itself, didn't she? The, the commission was a giant partisan setup, wasn't it? Yep. So the whole thing, why don't we just say, was Kabuki Theater, wasn't it? Yep. The whole thing was theater, was all set up. They knew the people yep. would be there. They put the plants out there to get them emotionally charged. They, they cut security down. They literally made it possible for these 
these these heightened agitated individuals that the, the the highly charged emotions of these people to go through these doors to break the law in other words they they they, they, they were enticed to do it now these people still did the deed sort of like putin still went in and invaded and killed people sort of like what happens in a drug sting what they do in a drug sting is they actually pretend they're selling drugs they may even have drugs or they may even have money to buy the drugs in other words they set themselves up in a sting operation to get the criminal well this was a political sting operation i think to get to make it look like trump was inciting violence it really right. was a masterful job but the problem is we saw through it i'm not the only one there are millions of americans saw through this and then tucker carlson had the the videotapes and the audio tapes but the, the actual the actual footage set, sent to him and he went through those hours of footage and he showed it and put it on his show i think there were two nights that he aired it before fox news said we've had enough of this which was a few months be you know after later a few months later tucker was thrown off the channel which i think is a I think they're linked, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think it's all linked. So, I mean, and, and you know, I think as, as Americans, and this is what the news media doesn't understand. The only ones that listen to the narrative are these knuckleheads in the media. These, these, these unicorns that eat clouds to survive, okay, that live in a land of fairy tales. They actually believe unicorns exist and they believe unicorns have to eat clouds for food, okay? This is what these people, they believe in fairy tales. So they believe in... Oh, my eyes. They, they don't... They're not connected to reality. They don't connect well with logic. They don't connect well. So they didn't... They didn't foresee Americans seeing through this sham. They're employing tactics today that with, with the advent of social media and the internet and the cell phone videos and all this stuff that's out there, they're still employing tactics that they use in the '60s and '70s to, you know, to agitate crowds and to to set people up politically. Okay, uh, you know, like they, you know, like you know, they like they did with Carter Page. Okay, they try to set him up politically. Remember that the Russian, Russian, yeah. Okay, and so all of this stuff is all a giant setup. And what Trump just went through with the giant setup and the Ukrainian call. Remember the perfect Ukraine. I love the perfect call. The way Trump says it, that was a perfect call. Yeah. That was a perfect call. You know, I love it. He uses the word perfect very well in a sentence. You know, the call my call with the Ukrainian president. That was a perfect call. So anyway, so he's talking about the call, and but he knew they were going to be using this. So he was aware of the setup. So what did he do? He actually had that call transcribed, didn't he? Yep. Because Trump knew these people. So what Adam Shifty didn't know, because again, this is a giant setup. They had all their fake experts and their fake anonymous sources all there to set Trump up on the call. And Trump gets on the call and he has a transcript. He actually, he actually has a person on that call to transcribe the call, to take hmm. notes. Why did he do that? He doesn't do that on calls with foreign and foreign leaders, not generally. Because he knew this was a setup. See, he was prepared. Yeah. And that's why when he gets out there, and that's why when he says it was a perfect call, that's why I love it so much. Because he, <laughs> it was all part of his plan to set up the phonies, to set up the provocateurs, 
to set up those that were trying to sting him and to sting them back. <laughs> you see, and that's what happened with this thing and, and this whole thing with the with the with the January sixth. Okay, he knew because they weren't doing things with security. He was concerned, and he was out there telling everybody, "Don't, don't do anything foolish. Don't, don't get jump into violence." He told them that. I mean, right. it was wording, but basically, he told people simmer down and be peaceful. That's what he told them. Right. Because he knew things weren't right with security. He saw it and he yeah. felt bad about it, you know. But again, you can't come out and say it because then they could just put the skids on the entire plane. And next thing you know, <laughs> then he looks really bad. But he kind of suspected, maybe he didn't know. I don't think he knew, 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 but he definitely, he definitely suspected something was amiss, you know. He definitely yeah. thought it was amiss. That's why he said it. But again, you know, it comes down to, so I like get back to his interview with CNN. Uh, they thought that they could get him on stuff that means nothing to the American public. What's important to the American public? The high prices. What's important to the American public? The fact that when they go to the grocery store, store they spent 40% more than they did two years ago, three yeah. years ago. What's important to the public? What's important to the public is now when you go out with your wife or when you go out with your husband, Kath, when you go out to eat, what used to be a $30 bill or $40 bill, you know, including soft drinks or water, I mean, unless you're drinking something else, you know, your bills right. generally are $50 now, for the same items that you order, the bill is seventy or eighty dollars. Yeah. Then when you look down at the when you look down at the actual bill and you see the breakdown of the bill and you see the word taxes, the first thing out of your mouth is who ordered taxes for today's meal? <laughs> <laughs> who who ordered taxes? I don't get it. I didn't order any taxes for this meal. You know? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at the high cost of living, and and this is what people see, but they don't get yeah. it. Yeah the high crime in their neighborhoods they don't get it people realize that kids are graduating school who can't read and write and they don't get it they but think, i don't I, yeah go ahead i don't understand how you don't get it i mean i honestly here and, and i'm not trying to be difficult or anything i'm i'm really i'm i'm not that I'm, I'm not that much smarter than anyone else i'm very average but i know that if i'm going to uh if a crowd is going to be coming to my home or my place of business, I know that I have to secure myself and secure whoever is in there, whoever I'm responsible for. I What I don't understand is how people don't see that. I don't get that part. Well, it tells me all the time I'm an anomaly. I see things that other people don't, but I don't understand why they don't see it. Well, I, I, I think it's just they, they don't make sense. You know, the Bible talks a lot about, if you look at Gideon, you look at how Gideon won these battles in the Book of Judges. You look at what happened, or Samson. How did how did Samson slay all those people with a with a jawbone of a donkey? How did that happen? How do you do that? You know, God can do mighty miraculous things through people. Okay, and miracles that happen. I mean, a donkey in Numbers twenty two. Donkey talked. A donkey talked. The God that can make a donkey talk. The the God that can do miracles. <clears throat> and that that we read about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay. That same God exists today. And when it says in Romans 6, it says in Romans 6 that a reprobate society turns its back on truth. They don't recognize it anymore. They don't recognize truth. They don't recognize, you know, what reality is anymore. And the real tragedy is they start passing laws to protect the crazy, insane thinking of these people. In other words, to call them out for being <clears throat> reckless in their denial of science 
Okay, science is not up for debate, is it? Science is, isn't it? Would you say that, Catherine? Yeah, yeah. Science is absolutely. What it is. <clears throat> okay, gravity is what it is. <clears throat> Gender is what it is. So when people want to deny that, and we call that out. That's truth, and I will t- and I will tell you this new calling system, this new toll-free number in California is to report people, okay, who call people out for denying truth. They are calling out truth tellers. There's something wrong with that, wouldn't you say? I'd say there's a lot wrong with that, and I could sit here and go on and on forever as to what's wrong with that. It's, <laughs> you know, there's a stark similar. Yep, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, there's a stark similarity between Mao's revolution, Mao Zedong, and today's wolf mm-hmm. revolution. There's a stark similarity. Mao Zedong ordered the Chinese people to throw off old thinking, to throw off the old culture, to throw off the old customs, to throw off the old habits. He ordered the Chinese, he ordered, I keep using the word order because that's what, that's what dictators do. He ordered the Chinese people to throw off their whole life overnight. Okay? So if you resisted, you were attacked by the Red Guard Army of purifiers, this army of purifiers, who went around the country literally putting dunce caps on people, or worse, beating these people to to a pulp, or in some cases, death, Mm. humiliating these people, arresting these people, putting these people in re-education camps, seizing whatever rights they, they were, they whatever property they had. In other words, literally steamrolling through their world as if they were nothing more than a bug, okay, on the fender of a car. Yeah. Um, put these people through all of this, okay? If you resisted, you were attacked by these purifiers. Again, People were imprisoned, about 30 million dead people later, okay? Uh, again, now it's it's now that you have these people, now you have a, a peaceful, okay? Over, you actually have a peaceful, I don't want to say peaceful, but you have a government that rules its people now with an iron fist. But, you know, you don't have all this killing, but you, you still have re-education camps. You still have gulags in China. You still have them. Oh, yeah. Those that decided that pretending to change, again, so when you're put into this situation where you're going to change or you're going to be thrown into jail or worse, okay, publicly humiliated, okay, those that wanted to prevent all that from happening actually pretended to change and live in, and, and, and they, they said, okay, I denounce all of that independent thinking. And they, they went to live a life in constant fear of the Red Guard, these, these purifier neighbors, neighbors that would rat people out. Now, again, back then they didn't have telephone lines at very many homes in China, but that would be today's toll-free number in California. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, absolutely. So they're putting, in place, they're putting in place this toll-free line to get people to, to rack people out. And, and this COVID, these COVID problems that we saw right now and this masks, mandates, and the vaccination forever and boosters forever, all of this that was taking place. Okay, it's perfect. I want to say training, or why don't we just say uh, indoctrinating of people that it's okay when government comes in and dictates, right? I mean, wouldn't you say that's that's what that's exactly what they were doing? They were trying to figure out how far they could push us before we would push back. That's the whole thing that that was for. They just wanted to see how far they could push us. That's right. 
You can see the similarity, though, between the actual communist revolution, what's going on today with this woke yeah. revolution, okay? The woke revolution, okay? Because people are being canceled or demonized for their exercise of free speech <clears throat> and calling out, you know, calling out the, the, the science deniers who believe men can have baby in certain circumstances. I, I mean, I'm just thinking to myself, or believe there's a hundred different genders out there. I mean, where's the land of compromise, Catherine, we're building, but people that believe there's a hundred genders, help me understand that. Where's the land of the compromise? Yeah, where's the midway I, I, person? I, I really, I actually, I, I don't know where there would be a midway point aside from please stop involving our children. <laughs> yeah. That's irritating me. Well, not well, irritating me, making me mad. Well, it's motivating you to to be politically involved, and and I mean you're a very good committee person now, a Republican committee person in Berks County, where where I am as well. I'm the chairman of the county, but it really is a like you and I we both talk about about you know what motivates us politically, what motivates us to to make noise in the private sector on this type of thing, and it it is it it comes down to we are calling out people because we know that there's a revolution. We see the similarity between what happened with Mao Zedong and what's going on today. You see, first, yeah. they, ban, first they ban your thoughts and ideas and speech. Then they ban your books. And they start burning books. And then it goes from that to burning people. <clears throat> Make no mistake. Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a grad, there's a, there's a gradual phasing in of this Mao Zedong red army purifying element and if we're not careful we're going to bring this in because we're seeing right now the woke revolution how it's canceling people demonizing people i mean calling out people uh because again you got people in women face calling themselves women okay dressed in women face calling themselves women we have it in mm. politics today and i'm going to call yep. it what it is it's a man in woman face that's what it yes. is it's not a transitioning man it's a man in woman face Okay, dressed up in Halloween costume, however you want to call it. See, today's Red Guard is on Twitter and social media. Okay, and and you know there was a, I guess there was a musician for some, some, I mean literally a, a band that no one heard of, a band. That, I'm not even going to name the name of band, but this is a guy. He was a musician on a band. He was a, like a banjo player, and he supported a book on social media called Unmasked, and it was about how Antifa's objective. Antifa's objective and plan was to destroy our country, to tear down our constructs and, and torch everything, basically, okay? Rebuild it in their own image, if you want. And he talked about it, and, and there was a book in there, and he, he read the book, and he was he was there. And he read it, and he, and he actually supported it on a Twitter feed, this guy, this musician. Well, this guy was canceled on social media because, you know, they said that he was trying to harm people. Well, how in the world can a person who comments on a book harm people? Unless, of course, they're actually hitting people with the book, okay? I mean, aside from hitting somebody at, in the you know, in the head or something with the book, I mean, how do you hurt somebody with the book? How does that happen, Catherine? It, it doesn't. It, it's right. they're trying to stifle free speech. That's right. They're trying to say, we can say and do whatever we want, but you cannot. And if you do, we're going to cancel you, call you a bigot, call you racist, and call you every other thing we can. That's because right. you didn't agree with us, but... Please remember that we're the party of freedom. Well, well, let me help you folks. I can tell you right now, and our, our listeners know this, but I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm basically just speaking truths, and both of us are discussing perspectives that they don't really get anywhere else. That's why they tune into our show. But the radical Jacobins, and the Jacobins are a 
a countercultural political activism to basically tear down and go into full-blown socialism. Um, Pol Pot was a jockable. Pol Pot that took over Cambodia. Again, I'm going to say Mao Zedong was, but so was a Pol Pot. Now, Pol Pot went into Cambodia, Cambodia, I should say, and uh, he wanted to create this, you know, he was, it was a revolutionary, okay? So when they won, they, the Jacobins actually won in Cambodia. What did Pol Pot do? Did he end the violence and bring everybody together and, you know, let's all create this wonderful utopian society. Let's all of us survive in it. Let's all of us get along. No, that's not what Pol Pot did. No. Pol Pot went further. Pol Pot actually went to killing people in the killing fields because Pol Pot was addicted to violence. These people, these Jacobins, they're not interested in changing society. They're interested in violence. That's the truth of it. And yeah. Pol, Pot, Pol Pot was interested in violence. He could not stop it. When they had won the war in Cambodia, they won. He continued the killing of two and a half million Cambodian people. Uh, now, this is a country that had about eight million people in it. Oh, all right. You know, 25% of the population was wiped out by this guy. In um, torture chambers. So that's what these revolutionaries have in store. Now, they may not know it, but what, what, what does evil unleashed look like? Whole pot. Uh, you see? Yeah. So, folks, I mean, you know, we have to leave it there, but I want to thank all of our listeners for being with us today and for taking the time to, to, to go through these details with us and to discuss what's going on in the, in the world today. For being with us every Saturday that you have been every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. right here on 11 AWFYL because you know that we're a source for truth. Thank you for being with us the last five years. Tune in for our show later this afternoon, our show, The Watchman. Uh, Kasman and I got a great show lined up for that. So tune in later today at 1 p.m. for that show. Folks, we'll see you next week on The Point and later today on The Watchman. For Catherine Cock, I'm Clay Reese. Goodbye for now.